0: It's December 30th, 2015, and welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's technology. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa. We're going to kick off
1: today's show with a couple of news guests. Matt Malloy from Blue Startups is here to tell us about the upcoming East Meets West event just a couple of weeks away. Then Chalmer Lo is here with an update on Pi
0: Hawaii. Finally, after the break, we'll spend some time closing out 2015 and looking into our digital crystal ball to see what's in store for 2016.
1: What are your hopes for the new year? What do you think we're going to see in science and tech? We'd, of course, welcome your predictions for the year. You can call in or send us a tweet
0: after the break. Now, first up, we want to get straight to the news. And Matt Malloy is here from Blue Startups, and he's here to tell us about the East Meets West event Welcome to the show, Matt.
2: Thank you. I'm excited to be here.
0: Now, Matt, you know I love the story about how the idea for East meets West uh, came to be, and and maybe you can kind of give us a quick, uh, you know, quick story about how that happened.
2: Sure. Well, you know, I started at Blue Startups back in May of 2013 as a graduate intern from the University of Hawaii, Shidler. College of Business, and I started just doing research on sort of what was going on in the region with the startup communities in China, Korea, Japan. And from that, uh, that research kind of morphed into, well, why don't we bring the region to Hawaii mm-hmm. sort of a, for a, a meet-in-the-middle kind of uh And event. you were actually in China. I was. Just and then I left, uh, let's see, that fall of 2013 and spent that full year finishing up my MBA and then traveling around and promoting blue startups and building excitement for the event and recruiting speakers.
0: Mm-hmm. Great. You know, I um, yeah, I had talked to Shanoa briefly about it. I said, hey, how did you come up with this? And she said, oh, yeah, I got this guy, Matt. He's working on this. I said, wow. <laughs> it was, you know, it's not a trivial matter to put a sort of a, international a, conference. Asian, you know, yeah, to draw yeah. Asian context. It was a lot Hawaii. of
2: miles traveled, a lot of uh, crashing on couches via Airbnb and a lot of meetings. Uh, but it was re- very exciting and it came together very well. We oh, were very happy it with it.
1: So um, coming in January is the second one. That's right. It already looks bigger and more fabulous than the last one.
2: It is. No, we're very excited. Uh, The last event was a one-day event. This is going to be a two-day event, Mm. and we have more speakers and uh, bigger partners. We are partnering this year with MCAP, which is the Mobile Challenge Asia Pacific. Mm -hmm. And what that's going to do is that's going to bring 30 of some of the best startups in the region to Hawaii from 10 different uh, countries to uh, compete for a chance to go on to Barcelona, Spain to compete in sort of the global mobile challenge. And these are mobile app companies.
1: And just in the last few days, you announced the local representatives that are going to be represented in MCAP, We
2: did. And we had a really amazing event um, that occurred on December 2nd, um, where we had a little mini uh, pitch competition where we selected the top teams from Hawaii. So we have Prime Spot, and they are a company that helps you find the best parking. Uh, Hudoku Labs, and that's sort of a brain training color puzzle game, as well as iFirst Medical Technologies, um, and they are sort of a smartphone-based treatment and triage diagnostic device system.
0: Now, I'm curious, how has the reception with your contacts in Asia to actually have this event here in Hawaii? I mean, is there, obviously it's growing. I would love to hear that. I mean, and and what do you think uh, might result from this kind of sort of meeting in the middle, in the Pacific?
2: Part of it, what we're trying to do is we really want to try and put Hawaii on the map. Mm -hmm. Um, We feel and we've really proven that Hawaii is truly a hub of innovation and uh, technology development. But when people in the tech communities around Asia think of Hawaii, they don't necessarily think of that. They think of, like, sunny beaches and surfboards. And we really want to really show that we have a really exciting uh, startup ecosystem here. So I'm Mm -hmm. here
1: on eastmeetswest.co, which is the new
2: cool. TLD for <laughs> startups.
1: And, and then, again, you we went from one day to two days. So how are those two separated out?
2: Well, the first day, what we're going to do, and we're really excited about this because it really brings a lot of the local uh, startup community together, it's going to be a ecosystem tour And what that means is we're going to go from accelerator to accelerator downtown for sort of an open house. So the community can be really involved and see what's going on uh, with the uh, startup community. And from there, we're going to go to the foreign trade zone where GVS, which is um, another accelerator from the big Island will host. Mm -hmm. And then we will go on to uh, the Hilton Hawaiian village for the second half of the day. And that will be the uh, startup paradise pitch event. So the, Accelerators from around town will have their teams pitch at that event. And then the second day is going to have all our international speakers, and the MCAP uh, challenge will occur that day.
0: So, the international speakers, who do you have on the uh, roster? and, And what did you, when you thought about trying to bring in some of these speakers, what did you want them to kind of focus in on?
2: Well, we tried to find some really kind of big household names mm-hmm. um, in Asia um, and in Silicon Valley. So we have Dave McClure. Uh, we're really excited about that. He's the founder of 500 Startups, mm-hmm. um, and that's one of the biggest accelerators in the world. And he has established a number of little micro funds throughout Asia, in Korea, in China, in Taiwan. So we're really eager to hear like what uh, his perspective is on sort of the future of startups um, in the region, given that he's been so active. We have David Lee, who was one of the uh, early... Uh, members of Google who helped launch Google in Asia, uh, Casey Lau, who's been very phenomenal and helpful in getting this event off the ground. He's been a major force in the Hong Kong or the Hong Kong startup community and a number of other great speakers, including the governor, which we're very excited about. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, governor Ige has been extremely supportive of startups in Hawaii, and it's great to have his support, and we're looking forward to having him.
1: And you have some very familiar local faces as well. That's
2: Hank Rogers, Rogers. Uh, Shanoa Farnsworth, Melly James will be yeah. speaking as well, so we're looking forward to that.
0: Now, the, uh, so the MCAT uh, uh, pitch contest, that'll ultimately get the winners over to Barcelona, yeah. right? Uh, for the folks that are actually the the blue startups uh, uh pitch teams that are uh that are going to be presenting what do they win what do they I guess get to go to, they don't get to go to Barcelona. <laughs>
2: the ones that won just recently? No, 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 when, at they, the,
0: at
1: when the, they present at East, yeah. East, West. And, I, I, and uh, I should mention, my friends and I are co-founders of one of the startups in the current cohort and certainly looking forward to East, East, West, but but some of these startups will be also doing pitches there. Um, bragging rights? What happens? To well, it's
2: it's you know, a lot of bragging rights, uh, really. Um, in, it's exposure, for mm-hmm. sure, and we have a lot of media coverage, not just locally here, but um, in the region. We have uh, Gong Liu, uh, he is a really uh, major blogger in China, and he runs TechNode, which is the partner of TechCrunch in China. So he's going to be writing a piece on the event, and he's going to really give a lot of exposure to the startups that will be pitching. So
0: the uh, the cohort from uh, Blue Startups, I mean, they could at a minimum get some exposure from some of the uh, Asian journalists That's that are right. writing about it. Mm-hmm. Now, the event that usually gets them to do pitches at uh, let's say 500 startups on uh, in Silicon Valley that that takes me that's another that's a whole nother event
1: yeah yeah, yeah. okay well, so, I see uh, we should mention Don Lippert as well from the energy Don Accelerator. Lippert, that's so, right. again a pretty good representation of of all of that who are the, the attendees who's in the audience in addition to journalists certainly which is important and and uh, do you draw a lot of potential investors local investors international
2: investors? we do and we have uh, the Hawaii Angels in attendance and they've been a major partner and supporter of the event uh, so we will have a lot of local 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 investors and entrepreneurs, uh, students, uh, folks from the university. And then this year it will be a little bit bigger in terms of our international and out of state audience. The first year was was, uh, primarily local. This year is as well, but we're expanding that audience to include people from the mainland and from Asia. We have folks from Indonesia coming. We have an entourage really from Hong Kong that's coming with Casey Lau. So that's going to be really exciting. And these are primarily entrepreneurs and investors.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, if you were to look at this uh, event, perhaps uh, three, four months from now, what would you consider to be a success?
2: Well, I think a success for us would be deal flow. Um, If some of these local, our local companies are able to garner support and investment from our international investors, Mm -hmm. we'd be thrilled. Mm -hmm. Um, Last year, we had... One of our teams, Yuru, uh, from Blue Startups, mm-hmm. actually went on to participate in a mentorship program in Silicon Valley as a result of East Meets West. So it's things like that that we really hope will uh, result from our event.
0: Oh, very good. And, of course,
1: yeah. at the end of the program, you're in Waikiki. And I imagine there's going to be fireworks involved.
2: Absolutely. And that's, you know, being at the Hilton Hawaiian Village on a Friday, you know, you have that going for you as well. Oh, good. So,
0: so give us the uh, the, uh site that people can go to to uh, sign up and uh, check us out? Uh,
2: eastmeetswest.co uh, is the site. And you can still sign up uh, for the conference pass for Hawaii. The comma Aino rate is $250. Um, and that also gets you one-on-one mentor uh, sessions with our, our speakers that will occur on the second day. So it's a really cool event. You get a lot of one-on-one time with some of these really big international uh, speakers. Yeah, exciting. I'll certainly be there. Good. 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 Excellent. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Matt. Thanks so much, guys.
0: And of course, next up is Chalmer Lowe, and he's from Pi, Hawaii, and he's here to tell us about some upcoming events with the uh, Python group. Welcome to the show, Chalmer. Thank you. Appreciate it. Now, you had a meetup that was uh, supposed to happen today, but it's going to be postponed for Mm -hmm. maybe first thing in, in January. But it was a very interesting topic because what caught my attention was the idea that you can actually extract data from your photos and using Python to do this. And maybe tell us a little bit about what your first, let's say, meetup uh, is, is going to try to accomplish. Sure thing. Um, so the meetup that you're talking about
3: is part of a, a short series. We're doing a series on cybersecurity and Python mm-hmm. um, and how you can use Python to help you deal with cybersecurity issues. One of the things that we were looking at was how folks inadvertently, in some cases, share out some of their personal private data in their photographs. Some people are unaware that photographs taken by GPS-enabled devices often include GPS locations in the metadata that's associated with the, the, the picture. And by metadata, what I mean is, unbeknownst to most folks, there is a little snippet of of basically text associated with every picture that you that you take. And that picture might identify things like what the camera was, what the settings were for the camera in terms of f-stop, et cetera, et cetera, so that way photographers can kind of characterize their pictures and Mm -hmm. remember what Mm -hmm. they did with them. One of those things that gets included in that EXIF metadata is often GPS Mm -hmm. coordinates unless you turn that off. Um, So you can go on to places like Flickr, et cetera, and you can pull down photographs of folks and you can then use a scripting language like Python to read that text and pull out the GPS locations. So if somebody's stalking you or whatever or trying to stalk your kids or something and you've posted photographs of your kids – They can pull down a lot of those photographs and get a sense of where does this person travel, where do they spend most of their time, where do they work, etc., even if you don't tell them where you are. Yeah, a lot of
1: people don't add a location explicitly to, say, an Instagram post, but it is recording where you're at, and so you can use special apps or regular apps. In fact, I think even Instagram now lets you look near you. Mm -hmm. So I see all my neighbors posting from their living rooms, and Mm -hmm. they probably figure that they're okay, and it's a good thing that we're neighbors and we all know each other. But it is important for people to know that that information is there. Certainly, cybersecurity security is an
3: aspect of it, but you can do some really interesting
1: things with it too as Absolutely.
3: Well. So one of the things that we intend to do um, in the talk is we're going to pull down some some pictures from Flickr. We're going to then scan those pictures and identify which ones have GPS data in them, which ones don't. And then we're going to attempt to map those out mm-hmm. and put them onto Google Earth. Um, I'm also playing around trying to figure out if I can actually get that into Google Maps and create a, a map that I could distribute via the, the web. Um, but you can use this for stalking purposes or you can use it for social good, right? If you have, for example, something that you wanted to identify the locations of so that people could find them, people could get to them. Um, Bert, you and I were talking earlier about uh, potentially identifying like storm drains or whatever. Mm-hmm. Have a guy go. He takes a picture of the storm drain. Um, you have a, an image of the storm drain and then you've got the GPS locations of those and you could you know, sort those out. Or parking locations in a city or – Bike lo- racks. Locations of bike racks, et cetera. So yeah. A lot so
0: so there's yeah. So there's the you know there's the stocking element. There's the, the the social good element. I mean, so there's a lot of information that is is housed inside of these photos, and mm-hmm. having the ability through a program like or or application like uh, a Python to kind of extract that is is very intriguing. I love mm-hmm. it. So you have a
1: lot of these um, program. This this particular event coming up with the geolocation in in uh, in pictures, but of course Pi Hawaii has a great deal of other programs that are involved in. Since we are kind of at a year-end show, I guess I, I want to know, what's your vision for 2016? What other things sure.
3: is your organization going to be focused on? One of the things that we did earlier this year was we did a one-day conference, and that was pretty successful. We partnered up with the Pacific Center for Advanced Technology and Training mm-hmm. and Honolulu Community College. We would like to go bigger and better next year. Matt mentioned you know his conference previously was a one-day. We'd like to do a two-day conference as well. Um, So we're planning that for probably the summertime. Uh, We've done a Django Girls uh, workshop where we taught folks how to, women particularly, to build web applications. Um, We're wanting to push that a little bit further, keep growing our Pi Ladies chapter that we have here Mm -hmm. running on the island have additional Django Girls workshops. And we just recently met my, my good friend, Stefan. He's been working with some folks, I think, from Iolani School. They've got a chapter of Girls Who Code. Mm-hmm, so we'd like to be mm-hmm. engaged with uh, more of the the high school age folks out there and help them get a sense of the cool things that kids can do with programming, um, particularly with Python.
0: How do, um, I love your Ladies uh, shirt that you have on. Uh, how, how is the uptake with the the Let's say girls in high school, women who want to code, their participation in some of these coding events.
3: Oh, it's fantastic. We had uh, we had the Django Girls Workshop, and we had about 22, 23 people show up. We had a whole slew of mentors. It was basically one mentor for every two or three folks. Um, at the PyLadies activity that we had recently, uh, we had, I think, 25 folks show up. Um, some of them were male, they came as like, you know, allies, mm-hmm. uh, but the vast majority of them were female. Um, and we'd like to continue to grow that.
0: Do you start them off with something, uh, do they have to have some programming experience or can they come in, you know, pretty much with, with a zero experience and you get them started? With the Django Girls Workshop, it's designed to start people
3: at zero. Uh uh-huh. All right. Um, with the Pi Ladies Workshop, we get you know a whole mix of folks. There's, there's a number of very talented folks here on the island, women who already are programming, but we have some folks who are like, "Hey, I'd love to start up programming." Um, and at Pi Hawaii, we have a number of strong mentors, so anybody can come to Pi Hawaii. And if they're ground zero, we'll sit down with them, we'll stay late a little bit, and mm. we're like, "All right, let's talk about this. Let's figure out how we can get you started." Um, myself and my son, we teach Python uh, professionally as kind of a side business. Um, so we got the, a strong sense of how to work with folks and, and get them started and spun up. Try to explain things in in terms that even somebody who's not computer savvy can understand.
1: Well, a quintessential question for for people who work with any specific programming language or development mm-hmm. environment, and it's always a fun conversation when you're in a mixed organ- mixed group. But you know. Uh, for people who aren't familiar with Python, how do you articulate its particular benefits? I mean, for me, when I hear Python, I think of the early days of Google, and the joke was, well, Google doesn't really have a customer support team, but they've probably got a Python script to help you, right? <laughs> like, everything was built with Python, and that was their solution to everything. So, But um, Bert, I think, has mentioned that the supercomputer over at the University of
3: Hawaii also executes Python. So why, sure. what's so great about it? So Python was deliberately designed from the ground up to be easy to read, easy to write, and easy to understand. Um, it has grown over the past 20-plus years, and it's got a vast user community, lots of stuff on, online in terms of uh, tutorials, et cetera, to help people get spun up. We have an annual Python conference that uh, I run a Python education summit for, and it's used to do just about everything. If you've seen Force Awakens, you've seen Python in action. The The special effects that are done in those are done by Industrial Light and Magic, and they come to PyCon every year to recruit Python programmers to help them create special effects. If you've seen Disney movies like Frozen and Tangled and, and Big Hero 6, you've seen Python in action. Google hired the guy who created Python, uh, Guido Van Rossum, to come work for them and help them build their infrastructure using Python. It's used for genomics, bioinformatics, it's used for doing system administration. Um, It's found on just about every Linux and Unix machine out there. Um, And it's fair to say when you say easy to read, it's something that if I had just suddenly seen a screen of Python
1: code, I might not be able to write a screen of Python code, but I could possibly, even as a layman,
3: understand what it's trying to accomplish. In many cases, yes. It's designed to be very similar to English. Mm -hmm. So if I wanted to go through a line of, uh, if I wanted to open up a text file and read all the lines, it would say four line in file, do, do something with each line mm-hmm. right
0: so there's there's a lot of kind of english based keywords to help you really understand what you're looking at now the uh pi hawaii meetups are usually on wednesday and, and you know they sort of coincide with the the times that we meet with the code for hawaii but i've noticed that the uh the uh, pi hawaii group is just growing and growing and growing mm-hmm. so what do you have in store what's the uh, what's the schedule for next year Some upcoming activities, we're going to do about three weeks' worth
3: of kind of Python and cybersecurity, and then we're going to do about seven weeks of Python and data analysis. Okay. We're going to use various libraries. And these are all on Wednesday? We have most of our meetings on Wednesdays. Uh, A couple of them happen on a Friday Mm -hmm. late in the month. Uh, If you go to Mm -hmm. meetup.com and you look for Hawaii, that would be spelled P-Y-H-A-W-A-I-I, Pi Hawaii for Python and Hawaii. If you go to meetup.com for Pi Hawaii, you can see all of our scheduled meetups. Um you can, you know, R S V P so we have a sense of how many folks are gonna come. Fantastic. Sounds great.
0: Well thanks, Chomo, for joining us. Thank you very much. I appreciate the chance. And of course, we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Mela James and Ian Kitajima to talk about things we hope to see in 2016. What can we build on from 2015? What can we take to the next
1: level in the new year? Of course, we'd love your predictions as part of that conversation. You can give us a call at 941 3689 or from the neighborhoods 877
0: 941
1: 3689.
0: And of course, if you're a shy caller, you can also tweet us tweet. at BiteMarks or at Hawaii. Tweet. This is Bite Marks Cafe. We're in Makahiki season,
1: that time of the year between November and February when the abundance of the land is celebrated with games and athletic competitions that go back hundreds of years. We'll look ahead to Kauai's Kamoku Omano Kalani Po Pa'ani Makahiki tomorrow morning at 8 on The Conversation. This holiday week, American Roots is live at the Civic Theater in New Orleans with kings of Cajun music, Beausoleil and Michael Doucet, and the regal traditions of Dr. Michael White and the original Liberty Jazz Band, plus music from kingdoms of gospel music and the blues.
0: I'm Nick Spitzer. Join me for American Roots Live from PRX. Sunday night from 8 to
1: 10, following a Prairie Home Companion. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to contributors
0: Straub Clinic and Hospital and Gourmet Events Hawaii. Hello. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. (laughs) I'm Bert Lump. And I'm Ryan Ozawa. And, of course, joining us today are Melly James and Ian Kitajima. Melly heads up. The new ventures over at Sultan Ventures, oh. and was previously with Blue Startup. Hey, Wait, we, we got a third. We got a third guest in this. Uh, we'll uh, in this, get to that later. Yeah, and she also <laughs> is the president of the Hawaii Venture Capital Association.
1: Ian, meanwhile, is a tech Sherpa, translator, a quilt maker, storyteller, talent agent, chaos maker, Jedi in training, over at Ocean. and in fact, the first guest ever on uh, Bite Marks Cafe. That's so like, certainly, some
0: seven years ago,
1: someone that we're happy to welcome back. Wow,
0: it's that long. Yeah. <laughs> Well, very good. And that's, of course, that's the uh, uh, what's on the tech calendar for 2016. We'll answer that question with our guests. And of course, we'd love to hear your comments and questions. And that number to call is 941 3689 on Oahu or 877 941 3689 from the neighbor islands. Welcome, Mele and Ian, to Bite Marks Cafe.
4: Thanks, Bert. Thanks, Thanks, Ryan.
0: Thanks, guys. Happy New Year. So, you know, before we get into 2016, we still have one more day of 2015. And anything can happen. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> anything. Well, first off, I want to hear your both of your sort of brief assessments of what you thought were the highlights of 2015. Mela, you want to start off?
4: Sure. How much time do I have? Um, so um, much.
0: Um, 15 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not <laughs> No. Well, Well,
4: I think that we in 2015 was a fabulous year for the innovation sector here in Hawaii. There was so much happening starting off, you know, with the HVCA deal of the year and entrepreneur of the year awards Mm -hmm. where we uh, had eight awards um, and each award having three finalists. So really looking at, you know, about 25 uh, entrepreneurs and startups being featured, um, as there are three finalists for each award, and I thought that's just an incredible, um, you know, event that's that's showcasing a lot of the successes that have been happening, and the sheer fact that we have at least twenty-three recognizable uh, entrepreneurs and startups happening here. Um, looking at some of the legislature involvement, you know, they they honored. These awardees uh, on the floor of the House and the Senate, which was incredible to see getting some of that recognition. Um, Also looking at a lot of awards. Um, I think Accelerate U.H. and Blue Startups, you know, each winning some great awards. Accelerate U.H. with the SBA um, winning that. that was national, right? That That was was a national award, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, And that actually brought out the SBA director, Maria Contreras-Sweet, to fly out from Mm -hmm. D.C., and they haven't had a director out in over 10 years. Mm -hmm. Um, And, of course, Blue Startups um, being recognized as a top 20 accelerator by seed rankings, which is is amazing. Um, I could keep going. Sure. All what right. else you got on that list? Oh, well, that list looks pretty no, long. No, that's just like kind of, <laughs> this is, uh, they bullets. But I definitely um, agree
1: with you that it's been a pretty good year.
4: Yeah. Um, just a couple other small things. Um, ad- additional recognition. Um, we're bringing a lot more national competitions to Hawaii. So you look at the MCAP Mm-hmm. Event that's happening. Uh, we had the semi finals, the regional semi finals with Blue Startups, um, where three Hawaii finalists were selected to compete at East Meets West. Um, we also had the Innovate Her competition, which Sultan Ventures was hosting with the SBA and Microsoft um, and looking for amazing uh, female focused entrepreneurial endeavors nationwide. So we had Three regional winners from Hawaii, which have all been submitted to the SBA. will be finding out on the 15th of January if any were selected for the national competition. So, you know, that uh,
0: MCAP, the MCAP, the mobile competition, mm-hmm. how did that actually, how did you attract them or who attracted them? I mean, how did that happen?
4: That is part of the East Meets West conference. So, so that was Matt who was just here. Yeah, for a so while. that would have been a good question for Matt. So, I know Shanoa has been working closely with them and Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and we are hosting the, I guess, the Pacific. Asia Regional. Mm -hmm. So the winner from there will go to Barcelona for the international competition. Um, In terms of, you know, getting more Bishop Street types uh, involved in the sector, um, the Future Focus Conference happened this year with the Hawaii Business Roundtable and the University of Hawaii, which was a really great conference with over 300 attendees. Um, We also had a lot of recognition just in sheer exposure with the innovation sector, um, looking at Omar Sultan, Maya Rogers, Ian Kitajima, and myself being recognized as uh, 20 people to watch for the next 20 years. Well deserved. It. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Melly, you also are like uh, recognized on Intra- Entrepreneur Magazine coming up in January, right? Yes. Wow, that's pretty good. Yes. I was looking online for that magazine, but- well, so know, it's not so going to come out until they actually it's release. a good
1: thing that we were able to draw her for this this show because we might not be able to book her again that's <laughs> right you right, right. have to talk to her people to in order to get her here right? and you did mention um, Accelerate UH and the SBA I think also the GVS Accelerator was recognized and yes. got some funding from the Small Business Administration as so, the
4: Maui Food Innovation Center oh, that's right. yeah. Mm-hmm. so three three entities which is not
1: bad when they're talking about 50 in the country three of them coming from Hawaii mm-hmm. is not a small, not mm-hmm. a small
4: thing yeah, great representation for Hawaii um and I'll let Ian go. All right, Ian. Yeah. Well, you know we do have <laughs> another guest here, and Ian, Melissa, at all.
0: I'm sure you she have said some, it all. some, uh, let's say, top of mind accomplishments mm. in uh, 2015. I guess included in that is Ocean's 30 30th anniversary. That's that's a tall accomplishment.
5: Yeah it's it's been thirty Yeah, it's 30 years. It's pretty amazing um, to keep a technology company going in Hawaii for 30 years, but. You know, just kind of going off on what Mele has been saying, too, I think um, one of the, I think, interesting projects happened, too, because of this Hawaii Business Magazine opportunity, Mele and um, the Sultan Venture guys and uh, and the cohort from the Hawaii Business Magazine, we actually worked together on a design thinking uh, boot camp for young kids, so 60 at-risk kids. From ten different nonprofits, kind of learning design thinking, but applying it around uh, cyberbullying and how do you solve this issue of bullying in schools and things. So that was, to me, you know, it's it's a small thing, but it's like a great thing where the industry we can we can come together and actually work together. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. The other probably big thing this past year was was legislative things. I know Robbie uh, Melton couldn't be here today. Uh, Robbie's kind of recovering from some pretty adventures, bad fall. Adventures, Ad- adventures. yeah but uh working with Robbie and the industry uh and and and, Melly and and others we uh worked together to get uh several bills passed uh to support the innovation in industry so one was around sbir's phase 2 phase three's commercialization providing some funding there uh I also i should also mention of course the chamber was was very instrumental mm-hmm. and we worked very closely with them as well and they kind of spearheaded a manufacturing uh program as well funding for that and so, and then the last one uh, is run around o and r funding uh, renewable energies uh, for uh, ONR and r funded technologies. o and r being
0: Office of Naval, Naval
4: Research.
5: Research yeah. yeah. So, so there was quite a quite a lot of good things.
4: And also the um, HTDC innovation crawl that was hosted, right, um, yeah. where the legislatures were able to go around to the different accelerators and really come and visit. Yeah, they did working guess, on.
0: Right before the legislative session, and they actually did a crawl just this past month right didn't they have another crawl this uh in yes.
3: december yes
0: right. so you know part of it which we really wanted to thank
5: uh the industry and leaderships and also of course the legislature um very very supportive this past session of course the the new administration the new director louis saliveria the D-bed director and others uh, and of course governor Ige, governor Ige, angus McKelvey, and sylvia luke and Glenn Mackay and many others. Yeah, I feel
1: like mentioning you know, just uh, last night was the uh, HDC Hawaii Tech Forum, which we previewed on our previous show. Um, Bert was there representing with Code for Hawaii. I was there being a geek as usual, and <laughs> it was it's it it seems bigger every year. It is, and more importantly, the diversity of organizations that are represented in, in Hawaii's science, tech, innovation, research sector is amazing. Uh, I work at a tech company myself, so I was kind of looking to see what the talent what the talent pool was there. But in the elevator at our office, I ran into someone from. Uh, a local healthcare company, and he was just over the moon. He's like, You know, we weren't sure what to expect. We just started to set up a table, but wow, we had no idea there were that many people, so many talented uh, developers, IT people that were available here in Hawaii. You know, they were, he said that they were looking. Outside of Hawaii, mm-hmm. just as a matter of course, like out of an assumption that that's where they would have to look. But now they have a stack of resumes to go through from here in Hawaii first. So I thought that that's, a, that's, that's also a very good sign.
4: Yeah, we had a great time. We had a table there last night um, and finding some fabulous interns locally as well as kids that were coming home from the holidays that are currently in college on the mainland. And also some really, really great mentors who are in the space and they have fabulous jobs in the mainland and came in and to check things out. And we're looking forward to utilizing them as man- mentors for our Accelerate UH program.
0: Yeah, I don't know about you, but uh, I had uh, probably a dozen people come up and ask me what Code for Hawaii was. And after I got past maybe half a dozen of them, I felt like, oh, my my voice is, (laughs) I'm losing my (laughs) voice. But yeah, it was that intense.
1: Now, Ian, you mentioned um, your opportunity to work with uh, the disadvantaged kids and such. And I would say, you know, here at Bite Marks Cafe, we always jump at the opportunity to interview young people on our show. Mm -hmm. I'd say this year, that, percentage Mm -hmm. has been higher than ever. A lot of innovation in our schools with our students um, and programs that kind of really focus on that. We've, of course, tracked robotics from the beginning. It's been around for over a decade, in fact, longer than our show, obviously. But like uh, Purple Maya Foundation now really looking, working, partnering with uh, the Native Hawaiian community and working on sustainability. So I'd say youth um, youth innovation and that kind of focus, and even really kind of building that career path along STEM, has been uh, made a lot of advances this year.
5: Yeah, absolutely. I think this year. We saw a lot of that, and I think we'll see a lot more of it going forward. I mean, Donovan and his work that he's doing. Donovan Delacruz. De yeah, Donovan Delacruz, uh, De but actually Donovan Keloja. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, from so Purple Maya. Yeah. So yeah, Forest Rizal. Yeah, yeah. So right. so many folks kind of focusing, uh, and actually that, that was kind of the theme for this biz- Hoy Business Magazine cohort group was, the thing that came out of the twenty, the twenty folks, the twenty leaders were, was education and young people. Mm-hmm. That that kind of became mm-hmm. the central theme points. And so again, that's where we said, okay, let's teach, let's empower these kids with a process so that they can help kind of solve some of the problems we're facing in Hawaii.
1: And Dev Lee going, Dev Lee going strong. They were there as yep. well. So. Yeah,
0: And and uh, Ian, you didn't mention the the uh, the ILab that's uh, kind of taking shape over at the university. You guys had a fair amount to do with uh, getting that started.
5: Yeah, you guys did a great show on the, on the iLab, and uh, I saw I saw Song Choi last night uh, at yep. the. Uh, at the Tech Career Fair. And, of course, we've been working with Ron Motoyoshi for the last few years, uh, having him come to one of the boot camps. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, so it was really great. I mean, more than, I think, back in 2011 is when we first kind of introduced the university to design thinking. We brought them, we all kind of went over to the, the Stanford Design School back in 2011. We did it again in 2014 when uh, David Lassner was the interim president. And David and the rest of the crew kind of, I think could see the potential of what was going on at Stanford and basically made that commitment at, at a very high level to support this idea of bringing innovation and, and creating a very um, kind of, I call it the Switzerland of the university where different disciplines and different departments can come together and work together and collaborate to create innovation within the university but teach design thinking to students so that when they come out of the university, they can be like Stanford in a sense of actually starting their own companies and kind of working with Melia and the other mm-hmm. and, and the whole startup community. Mm-hmm. So Bernie Roth was just on Tech Nation prior to the show. Right, and right. and Bernie Roth is, is one of the co-founders of the design school. Mm-hmm. And his whole philosophy has been that he didn't want to see students go through the university and then think about, okay, uh, and wait to actually be able to have amazing careers and do amazing things. His feeling was, even back 60 years ago when he was starting to teach, was, was really how do you get young people thinking about, while they're in college, the startup or the company or the thing or the problem in the world that they're going to solve. Mm-hmm, right? And mm-hmm. so that's what's really exciting.
1: So youth is certainly a good trend. Um, Melly, if you were to put a, put a theme or a final grade on 2015, last thoughts on that?
4: I think that we're at um a real a real point here that we're about to really take off for next year. I think that in the last 3 years we've been building a lot, you know, with the accelerators being around for the past 3 years. Um I think we're going to start seeing a lot more of these companies really taking off, I'm um, getting series A funding. Um we've 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 been in the game. Um, And so I'll get more into predictions in a little bit, but I'd say 2015 has been a really solid year. I'm getting a lot more recognition from more the Bishop Street, from legislature, and just really getting on the radar of everyone here in Hawaii. We're really at a great point right now. Now, of course,
0: before we jump into the 2016 sort of initiatives and some of the things that are happening with uh, the momentum that's been created from 2015, I do want to ask both of you. A, a gadget question Well, you know We normally have An annual gadget show Right But we had so many Great <laughs> things
1: to talk about This December That we weren't able To get around to it So this is going to have to this, this brief segment Yeah, right
0: We'll have to play that role And we might be Putting you on the spot But I do notice <laughs> That Ian has A Apple watch uh, Well, I have 't We all have one yeah. well, we He just
1: got one For Christmas yeah, very nice um, any favorite <laughs> service, app, or gadget from 2015 that you felt kind of epitomized the progress or change or even just fun of the last year? Do you have anything, Melly?
4: I do. It won't be as fun as um, Ian's little gadget <laughs> he brought in the studio with us here today, but um, a, an app that we use quite a bit at, at Salton Ventures is called Point, mm-hmm. which allows you to um, share articles. And and highlight different quotes and areas that you you find of interest and make comments and in one stream. So you know as you know as the industry is changing so much and so many interesting articles come out. We love sharing them with our team and being able to make comments and and learn things from 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 articles coming out. So that's something we use a lot. And of course, there's always. Slack. Slack is I mean, around. come on. That really <laughs> took off in 2015. <laughs> well, think. so
1: point is you, you would create a group, and it can be kind of a groupware solution for an organization, club, or a company?
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Huh, I, yeah. I, I feel so yeah. out of yeah. touch. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have to go download go that right now. How come now? you don't
0: know about this? I know. <laughs> What's happening? I know okay. about Slack. Okay, so, so Ian, uh, why don't you, you stomp oh. the, uh, the the co-host here with your recommendation?
5: Well, you know, I'm, I'm actually going to go old school. I was, I was telling Melly about this is everything is so digital today, right? Mm-hmm. Everything. So like I earlier this year, I was fortunate to uh, uh, celebrate my birthday in New York City and took tons and tons of photos uh, with Leander and with my eight high school buddies. Um, and I uploaded all these pictures. But again, I it's like, oh, I wanted to make like a photo album. And so I know this sounds really corny, but, <laughs> okay. but you know, and everyone's seen this. If you're on Facebook, you see My Social Book. Mm-hmm. It's, an, it's basically a, a site that basically can suck up one of your albums or whatever albums you have and basically can convert that thing in a couple of minutes into a digital book that can be printed, like a hard copy book. So I, I think I created like a 250-page kind of book, hard-bounded, matted, really beautiful looking has all of these pictures all the comments and all the things I put in there but it's a physical thing mm-hmm. and printed it was I think with shipping and whatever the discount was like $70 but to have put that together I, I, it would have taken me forever but this you just age, wouldn't have done it and I wouldn't have
4: done it exactly
5: but now I have this physical book of no matter what happens to Facebook maybe that's a big prediction of what's going to happen <laughs> with Facebook but, <laughs> but, but you know it's going to be this physical thing and I can show it to people so it's it's uh, to me, that was one of the cool things, mm-hmm. I guess, was the mm-hmm. physicalness of how we're taking things that are digital and making them kind of physical, you know, stuff like that. So, Well, I yeah, think I, definitely the I
0: book like does, does have life beyond, you know, sort of the, the digital realm. And here in front of you, yep. I see
1: a it, a logo and a company name that I thought I would never see again. It's a Polaroid. Polaroid. And you can <laughs> Polaroid you can, Polaroid, baby. You can Polaroid is back. So it's this little device that you connect directly to your smartphone and you can Bluetooth. create a little Bluetooth, yep. Yeah. Actual printed photos. This is you and my daughter Katie yeah, we outside took a picture. of the studio. Very yeah, we nice.
5: took a picture outside and in Bluetooth it, it prints straight to that actual polaroid paper printer. picture. Well,
0: so uh, I'm not sure Katie's picture. ever seen one of these. But yeah. yeah, I see her looking in the window. <laughs> 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 no, no, Ian, uh, you know, um, you did uh, sort of quietly roll out this uh, um, Tall AR sandbox oh, right. that Ocean oh, had yeah. created. Or At actually, a party. I don't know if you guys created it, but no. you know there was something that you guys put together. And oh, you
5: see, yeah, I mean, you see, you
0: see, Davis created yeah, the right, software,
5: right. and and we just built one. Uh, of course, we're builders, I guess. So mm-hmm. we built one of these uh, augmented its uh, sandboxes that are and showed it off at the thirty year party, and it's. Totally amazing. Yeah, and and we had cool. someone on the show, subsequent yeah.
1: to that, who's trying to deploy
0: that to school. So mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. very cool stuff. A lot of, yeah, now, very interactive. what do you got there, that cylindrical thing oh, that so, you have?
5: So for Christmas, I got we got uh, my nephew gave us one of these Amazon Echoes. Uh-huh. And I don't know if it's connected, but we'll, we'll try. We'll see. Alexa, what is the weather like today?
1: Currently in Waipa, it's 79 degrees with clear skies and sun. Tonight, okay. You can look for mostly clear skies and a low of sixty-six
5: degrees.
0: Wow, Alexa! So we actually have three guests. We, we failed to introduce Alexa from uh, Amazon Echo. So yeah, every time you say Alexa, she kind of is listening for so you. So if people
1: have Alexas at home, they're what very annoyed right now. Sticky. <laughs> 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 Alexa, can you tell us a joke?
4: You know what seems odd to me? Numbers that aren't divisible
0: by two. <laughs> that's very good alexa that's a
1: nerd joke <laughs> perfect well, for you perfect Ryan. <laughs> that's or perfectly vampire. fine well uh, thank you for bringing uh this device in i won't say the name because it'll continue to try to process our conversation but i know many people who love these i think you might have been mentioned mm-hmm. on our gadget show last year because it sits in your living room and pretty much is just there to help you answer questions do math convert uh, quantities while you're cooking and everything.
5: But I think this is part of the trend. This Mm. is part of what's happening a lot is this these kinds of voice recognition systems and like even one of our spinoff companies IBIS Networks, they're connecting this to their systems so that people can actually ask for reports instead of having to look it up on a website they basically can ask for certain reports or turn things on and off.
0: Very good. We want to delve into more of this uh, on the the next uh, segment of the show but we want to hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with Meta James and Ian Kitajima about tech initiatives in 2016. And what can the community do to help advance these initiatives? Of course, we'd
1: love to hear from you as well. 941-3689 or from the neighborhood's 877-941-3689. You're listening to Bite Marks Cafe.
4: Here's to your health this holiday season. Did you know that research has shown giving reduces stress and releases endorphins? Try it and see if a charitable donation doesn't make you feel
0: better immediately. This message brought to you by your community radio station,
4: member-supported Hawaii Public Radio. If you'd like to make a donation to HPR, it's good for you. We'd welcome your gift online or during office hours at 955-8821. For top high school
3: band programs, relentless practice is a constant.
5: So these guys
3: march... Nonstop, 16, 17 weeks straight. Nonstop, they're marching machines. I'm Adrian Hill. A look into what it takes to march in the Rose Parade, next time on Marketplace from 8 p.m.
1: This evening at 6, following Bike Marks Cafe.
0: Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to contributors Nohea Gallery and Kaiser Permanente. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert
1: Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa. And we're talking to Melly James and Ian Kitajama.
0: Like a pajama. Never try that again. (laughs) Belly James
1: at Ian Kitajima about 10 times really fast. In 2016.
0: And, of course, you can give us a call here. That number is 941-3689 on Oahu or 877-941-3689 from the neighbor islands. And right before the break, we kind of covered everything we wanted to talk about 2015. Let's put that to rest. Let's now focus on 2016 and... You know, Mele, we'll start with you. I know there's a lot of things that happened in 2015, and I think there's probably going to be some momentum built upon those initiatives. And what do you think is going to be the most, uh, let's say, has the most momentum bringing us into 2016? What are we what are we looking at? More startups, more accelerators, more companies, more entre- entrepreneurs? I mean, what, what do you expect?
4: Well, I think as I was mentioning, you know, we're at a real inflection point here, Um And with that in mind, you know, getting a lot more recognition nationally. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, at at this point, we're about to, um, you know, kind of explode nationally. And a huge focus of that being um, a national recognition is our university-focused innovation. Um, I think university innovation is starting to happen nationally. And... UH and Accelerate UH are actually trailblazers in that industry, um, really taking um, the next steps in, you know, having a public university. UH is one of the first public universities taking an equity stake in their own innovation. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the programs that you've seen in the past have been more Stanford types or, you know, privately held, privately private universities. Um, so I think that's going to take huge leaps and bounds and really start focusing on a lot of the, you know, half a billion dollars a year in R&D money that the UH has, and really start taking a lot of those things to market. I think that's a very exciting area here in Hawaii. Um, And with that in mind, I think looking at 2014, we were 14th um, ranked state in the U.S. for the Kauffman Index based on startup activity. In 2015, we were number 12. Um, I think, you know, as we continue to, you know, enhance our activities and increase activity, I see... Hawaii being in the top 10 wow. um, in the Kauffman Index starting in 2016, 2017. Oh,
1: very good. And uh, Gideon Marks, one of the the, the entrepreneur-in-residence at Blue Startups last night said, uh, it's a, I think maybe Hawaii might have more uh, accelerators per capita now than some, some other larger cities. <laughs> and again, that's activity. I mean, different ways of approaching different problems, solving or addressing specific needs. Uh, they have themes, whether it's, content on the Big Island or technology or energy, um, and each one of them is kind of fostering all of this activity. So I can see that. I, I would like to see that top 10 on the Kauffman Index. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, you know, the other thing that uh, mm-hmm. I want to just uh, say shout out to uh, Gideon, who, you know, a- entrepreneur in residence. I mean, he, he also had some pretty cool ideas about what would help kickstart the entrepreneur and startup community, and I think it's something that's already been happening, which is, you know blue startups is already bringing in uh companies from around the the, the area mm-hmm. so i think blue startups has a singaporean yep. company and and i think you know the uh, the identification of not only the talent that we have here in hawaii but also talent that could get attracted to hawaii and if nurtured mentored and perhaps accelerated out of hawaii um they still will I think, look back at their roots of what's <clears throat> happened in Hawaii, and I think Hawaii would ultimately benefit from that. So I think that's a good idea. Now, yeah. Melly,
1: from the Hawaii Venture Capital Association point of view, we have, we have perhaps at least annual conversations about the ecosystem and really the question or interest in the next stage of funding after the seed or angel, at startup mm-hmm. um, level. What do you think our prospects are for 2016 for that?
4: Well, as I mentioned, I, you know, we've been incubating a lot of these startups now for the past few years, and I, we're going to start seeing a lot more of them attracting um, and raising Series A funding. So really a lot of those, you know, those few companies that are going to start coming mm-hmm. and lifting um, and, and attracting that kind of funding. I do, you know, it's been great this year having, you know, Emblem and Startup Capital Ventures, um, two to funds that, you know, have, have raised additional funding and are able to help. But I do see a lot of our startups that are now a little bit more mature as they've been around for a few years um, really looking in and um, attracting this Series A funding.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, Ian, uh, you are a, uh, I guess, a dedicated observer of the legislative session. Uh, Both you and Mele both, I think, uh, spend quite a bit of time pouring through some of the bills. I'd say they're more than observers. Yeah, uh, definitely. (laughs) Ian, I mean— what have you got on your radar uh to kind of keep an eye out for this legislation. Are you are you proposing anything? Are you no. helping marshal anything <laughs> through the process? No. No? No. Oh. no, it's I think um because of the uh
5: the support we got this past year, we still have to implement these programs. But those programs are very focused on commercialization. So kind of building on uh what Melly is saying is you know how do we help um the startups and the technology innovations that are here in Hawaii to become commercial products and services mm-hmm. and i think one of the the focuses or one of the trends that or one of the kind of well, kind of movements we are trying to kind of foster more is how do we focus on um kind of cross industry collaborations you know new york is very famous for its uh, finance and technology industry, you know what what people call fintech, and it 's really that kind of melding of technology and finance in hawaii our our major industry is tourism and and so we've been kind of exploring that area for the last few years, and I think there's there's huge potential there for the technology industry in Hawaii to be working with our tourism industry Tourtech. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that'll catch on yeah that's going <laughs> to catch on baby that's going to catch on um. But you know, really working with our tourism industry uh that is world class, you know, I think somebody I don't know who said it, but somebody said like the the number Hawaii is like the number two brand after like Coca Cola or something. Mm-hmm. I remember like some crazy thing. But I was thinking that's probably I don't I wouldn't doubt it. Like Hawaii, the brand itself is is like way up there. And if you combined and you we leveraged that and all of a sudden you, you started creating world-class technology companies that were focused around resort and tourism those companies being based here in hawaii would totally make sense Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean it would be like that we the reason why we're not in silicon valley is because we're 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 a tourism tech company and the place to be is in hawaii and so to me that is probably the next kind of jump to make is Mm -hmm. to make that Connections and relationships with the tourism industry and apply these technology companies that we have here and look at they have so many opportunities so many challenges but the and but the thing about the tourism industry is they can only buy finished products and services, so the product development part becomes the big challenge so the funding sources that we've, we 've we've worked with with the legislature on is actually a great way to fund those product development uh, initiatives going on. But having the tourism industry kind of, kind of backfill it with basically saying, you know what, um, if you, if this is a big problem for us, and if you solve it, we'll give you like maybe a a pre-sale order or some kind mm-hmm. of pre-purchase order mm-hmm. so that we can kind of identify like, yes, there is some real market traction here from the industry, the tourism industry. And now we actually go ahead and, and raise capital or tap into state resources to actually build these products and services for the industry. Now, yeah. Melly at
1: UH, I mean, I like the idea of cross-industry. And there's a travel industry management school at UH. Mm-hmm. And again, the the focus on intellectual property developed there and commercializing it. What do you think about well, that?
4: Well, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more with what Ian's saying. Um, You know, it's looking at the unique industries here in Hawaii and you have to create a reason why these startups would want to be here over any other place. They're choosing to be here and to stay here because, uh, you know, Hawaii is the best place for them to be. And so you look at the tourism industry being obviously a very big industry here, but you also look at unique industries um, for, you know, like like ag, astronomy, um, marine sciences, those types of things where, you know, the university obviously also has incredible resources around those specific areas. Um, and to, you know, for all, for us ultimately, what we're trying to do is create jobs and more workforce development. So we want to have these startups here. We want to have them have a reason to be here and stay here. So, you know, to Ian's point, you know, the tourism industry or other unique industries, mm-hmm. um, you know, we are looking for support to to continue to enhance those spin outs and other other reasons for these startups to stay here so that we can you know reverse the brain drain and and create more high paying jobs for for people i couldn't i you know it was so interesting last night when we were at the tech job fair um I think one of the quotes was like you know getting the job that you want and all right what what, what was the quote It was like finding the job you love or something like that mm-hmm. anyway, the point being you know as we were, were growing up, and I hear this so much when people come back they're like. Oh, you know, I moved home a couple years ago, and I had to take this job because, Mm. you know, I was I was doing this career, but I had to take this job, and I'm not going to say any industries. I don't want to make that (laughs) sound bad, but I won't. I won't say it. But um, but it 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 shouldn't be that way. It should be I had an opportunity to get this amazing job in Hawaii and move home. And make a you know, decent salary and so that I was able to live the life I want to live here in Hawaii. And I think that's really the ultimate goal that we're all striving for here with the innovation sector becoming a viable sector here in Hawaii mm. to help reverse the brain drain, to help attract talented, amazing, kick-ass people. I say that on there. You yes. just did. You did. <laughs> We're live. <laughs> anyway, but um, you know, and I think, and and the, and again, again, to Ian's point and to our point, um, just really looking at the key things in Hawaii, um, like tourism, like military, like ag, marine yeah. sciences, astronomy, all of those things, um, and getting that support needed to, to, to keep to keep growing. You know, Ian.
0: Uh, you know, one of the fundamental foundations upon which all of this tech will depend on is something like broadband. And I know you've been involved with broadband <laughs> so <have> for you. <laughs> many, many years. And, and of course, I think we were all tracking uh, a couple of bills, one of which was this omnibus bill that uh, actually put some money aside to do a landing yeah. over yeah. in Kaka'ako. So tell me give, me, give me some of your thoughts on broadband? where that might be and, and how important <clears throat> it is to our tech future.
5: I think now broadband has become... An interesting area, but it's almost like a utility now. It's almost expected. I think it's like saying, do you want electricity? Do you want clean running water? It's like, absolutely. I think it's it's kind of a foregone conclusion that broadband is extremely important for a 21st century economy. And so... so um, so now there's a, a broadband landing that's going to occur uh, that's going to bring more bad broadband to the state but again I think it's just one of those things where it's like the table stakes it's like the anti it's like that's that has to happen that has to be there and so it's, it's it's not a question of should we have faster broadband speeds or more capable more reliable broadband it's it's basically just there I think and, and
0: well you, you know in the interest of full disclosure you know I do work up at the University of Hawaii over in the cyber infrastructure group and uh, what is not really well known is the fact that, uh, you know, there's a crazy supercomputer over there. There's, uh, they are actually upgrading their gigabit network to 100 gig. So yeah. when researchers are actually using the supercomputer and sharing <laughs> gigabit-sized files uh, across the network, uh, there's, you know, there's the requirement for big bandwidth. And if yeah. you were to try to do this with your commercial connection, it would be incredibly slow.
5: Yeah, I mean, I think broadband is almost like uh, it's. When you were saying that, I was thinking about like, like having storage at home. It's like the more storage you have at home, the more you use. It's kind of like broadband is almost similar. It's like the more broadband you you have access to, or have, like have, the mm-hmm. more the more things you can do, the mm-hmm. more things you yeah. want to do. Uh, it's an enabling kind of
4: uh, technology. So. You don't even know what you're missing out. Yeah, you know what
5: you're missing, yeah. Like go go to like Japan or Korea or someplace. So,
1: when I went to Seoul, I mean it's, just a little MiFi fi that I got uh-huh. was faster than
5: anything I have ever
1: <laughs> seen in Hawaii. Yeah. The, hotel, almost,
5: the hotel free thing is faster. <laughs>
1: we're almost out of time. We this are. morning oh, Bert no. and I we were able to give a brief oh. kind of idea of a trend that we wanted to work on or see in twenty sixteen, but this time it's your turn. You know, I think we talked about augmented reality mm-hmm. or, or, or artificial intelligence. Um, Melly, twenty sixteen, just broadly speaking, is it the end of Facebook? Is it the year of driverless cars? What's got you excited?
0: Snapchat. <laughs> no.
4: <laughs> <laughs> um, let Ian, you go first. Oh
5: gosh, um, I'm. I mean, uh, we're 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 very much into the artificial intelligence stuff. That's not something that's going to necessarily happen in 2016. Some of the the things with big data and machine learning and all that stuff is going to continue to happen through 2016. But for us, I'm looking at you know 2000, you know 19, 2020, when you have you know systems where you know Alexa just now. I mean, she can't. She's not really intelligent. She's just mm-hmm. kind of responding as best she can. But having something that's truly more intelligent and can figure out things, it actually can be almost like a real human assistant vers- versus like a computer assistant. And mm-hmm. actually,
1: even Facebook is working on something like that, mixing both human assistants and, and AI. We, we Bert and I did get an interesting email about the dangers of unchecked artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. but we did have a very good show about that this year. All right, Melly, you had a chance Time's to up. think-
4: Okay, um, I would say the in- Internet of Things and quantified self, but as Ooh. a more fun quantified
1: self, th- I love quantified yeah. self.
4: At, but as a more fun thing, this is actually what someone had said earlier. They said, "2016 will be the year technology gets high, drones Ooh. and medical marijuana." Got it. <laughs> <laughs> what better note to, to wrap end. up
0: the year? <laughs> well, Millie James heads up new <laughs> ventures over at Sultan Ventures, and of course, Ian Kitajima is the Director of Corporate Development over at Oceanet. And we want to thank you both for joining us today. Thank you. Happy New Year.
1: And thank you for listening you. to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week when we'll talk about the city's age-friendly initiative.
0: And if you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. if you have any comments or suggestions, you can email us at feedback at bitemarks.org. And you can also find us on Twitter. I'm at BiteMarks.
1: I love Twitter. You can follow me at Hawaii. Our engineer is David Chong, and our executive producer is Beth Ann Kozlovich.
0: And of course, we're wishing you all a happy and prosperous new year in 2016. We leave you with our song pick of the week. Here's a band called Small Black and a song called No One Wants It to Happen to You. See you next week on another edition of Bite Cafe. In
3: your back.